Thanks for coming today. Today is a great day in the life of our church uh, because today's the day that we receive our Endeavor Spring Offering. And uh, for those of you who may or may not know what that is, um, Endeavor Giving is giving that is beyond our, just our tithe, which mainly helps us maintain. Endeavor giving helps us to move forward in every way. So uh, Suzette and I moved into Asheville 30 years ago with $500 in the bank to start a church. We had three people, and every, every move forward has been resourced by Endeavor Givers. Uh, Endeavor partners, people who said, yes, I'll help move forward, I'll help buy the land, I'll help build the building, I'll help uh, resource mission teams, uh, I'll help touch the community, I'll get involved. And so I just want to say thank you to all of our Endeavor partners. And today we have an opportunity as a church family to bring our very best before the Lord. And so uh, if you need more information about Endeavor, there's these booklets are in the seat in front of you. Uh, there's a pledge card as well for you to make a, a monthly commit to Endeavor. And uh, Endeavor giving helps us. It helps us resource the vision, helps us resource the mission, helps us resource the cause uh, that we are all about. We're not here just to have a service in a building. We're here to make a difference for the glory of God. Anybody with me on that? Come on. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's Endeavor partners that have made what you are experiencing today available. We're all the beneficiaries of someone who's gone before us. Um, I didn't recognize it when I was just an 18-year-old young man, total pothead, uh, invited to church, went to church, didn't understand church, didn't understand Jesus, didn't understand the Bible, didn't understand any of it, walked into a little church in New Orleans and where I got invited and met Christ and started to grow in my relationship with the Lord. And, and I didn't put all the pieces together at first that somebody paid the way for me. Somebody paved the way for me to be there. And so uh, I think we can all understand this idea. Uh, we're all sitting in a chair that somebody before us said, I'll help buy a chair. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're all parking our car in a parking space that someone else said, I'll help pay for that parking space. Um, our children are in classrooms that sometimes people who didn't even have children but understood the value of loving on children and ministering to children made those classrooms available. And uh, we're all riding on the shoulders of someone who's come before us. It, it's people who've, who like Endeavor Partners who've said, I'll help dig that fresh water well uh, in another nation that doesn't have access to fresh water. I'll help buy the land in Nicaragua so we can minister to a, an entire community. And I'll just say somebody's come before us. Now here's the beauty. Now it gets to be our turn. Amen. Everybody say, my turn. <laughs> my turn. So let me just say this. If you are a guest today, I'm actually thrilled that you're here 
uh, because you are why we do what we're doing today. Over all the years, you are the reason that we have made an investment uh, into hoping that you will find the abundant life that Jesus has to give. And so, uh, so this year, 2019, is our church is celebrating 30 years as a church, and uh, we are... Uh, we, we are grateful, we're excited, and, uh, and we are, um, we're, we're, to kind of commemorate that, we have set aside 30 days of uh, every month to celebrate that, and so this, this month is 30 days, May is 30 days of worship, and we started it off with a, with a great mega worship night on uh, Wednesday night, it was fantastic. And, and, you know, so, so part of this for me is I've, I've been thinking about uh, this day and this year. Um, I don't, I don't want to just be 30 years old. I want to be 30 years fresh. And so, uh, so we're pushing refresh button on a lot of things. And uh, this, this, what we give today and our Endeavor offering, our Endeavor commits is going to help us um, move forward. So today... I want to I talk about how, because it's 30 days of worship, I want to start talking about this idea of how, how giving is an act of worship. And I want to uh, point you out to a story in John chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume, a pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was intending to betray him, said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people. Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor. <laughs> and sometimes people who raise their voice to say, why are we doing this when there's poor people aren't actually people who even help poor people? That's not in my notes, but I just thought I should say it. Um, but he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box... He used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This story is compelling to me because it, it is an act of devotion, an act of worship that the fragrance of Mary's extravagant act of devotion filled the house. And today, the title of my message is Something Smells Good in Here. Come on. She, she literally poured out on the feet of Jesus a perfume that the Bible says was worth 300 denarii. 300 denarii is basically the equivalent of a year's wage in that time. 
So in Asheville, uh, median income for an individual is around 28000 and median income for a family is around 44000 One, can you imagine owning a bottle of perfume that is worth $40,000? Wow. But even more, could you imagine pouring out something that's worth that much on the feet of Jesus. She's literally pouring out on the feet of Jesus something of extreme value to her. Now, this may not have been her very best, but it was, had to be up there in a significant way. I mean, one, who would want to spend $40,000 on perfume? I wouldn't. It wouldn't be in my value set. But she obviously had that, and so she's pouring out something that near and dear to her heart, and the Bible says that the house was filled with the fragrance of her worship. The house was filled with the fragrance of her devotion. You know, the way you smell... says a lot. It, your fragrance or your odor gives away who you are. It says something about you. It says something about where you've been. It says something about who you are. You walk up to somebody and, um, and you smell cigarette smoke all over them. Now, you understand, I don't, cigarette smoke is just a bad smell. I don't, I don't think smoking cigarettes will send you to hell. It will make you smell like you've been there. But, but, you know, it's funny to me that anybody who smokes cigarettes and for whatever reason wants to hide it, the truth is we can smell that. You know, there's something about, you know, just coming out of the shower, that smell. It's just a, we can just tell where you've been. It's just a fresh smell. I remember when my girls were, were super young and uh, in church, and I could always tell who'd been holding my girls because of the perfume that I could smell. Oh, yeah, that was so-and-so. That's, that's what she smells like. Or the cologne, that's what he smells like. I could tell where they'd been by what they smelled like. Come on, you ever been out, on, you know, in, in cooking on a grill on a Saturday afternoon and you just smell like barbecue? That's, that's a good smell. I like when I'm walking in the house and, yeah, I just got somebody to wake up right there. Um, I just, I love when I walk in the house and Suzette is cooking something. I go, mmm, it smells good in here. You get around somebody and you can tell. If they've been working out in the yard or working outside, you smell like you've been working. And the truth is, you are not often aware of what you actually smell like. Others smell you better than you smell yourself. And I'm convinced that there is this sense of fragrance, of um, aroma, and even sometimes of an odor. Um, when you walk into a business, you can just smell life or death. You, when you walk, in, you walk into a church, you can smell life 
or death. You can, you can smell uh, in a ministry or on a person. Fragrance is part of the atmosphere. Fragrance is an intangible. You ever walk into a place and you just go, something smells funny in here. You ever had that happen? Sometimes people will say that when they get around somebody you know. Fragrance can attract or it can repel. It, It can make you hungry or it can make you lose your appetite. And, and when you look at Mary, her act of worship, pouring out on the feet of Jesus, this extravagant move, uh, it wasn't practical, it wasn't productive, it was love being poured out on the feet of Jesus. You know, love, love isn't always practical. Love, love isn't always productive. And I think, I think we got to understand that worship is not regimented. Hello? Love is not regimented. Worship is just an expression of love to our God expression of how how we feel about him and and i think i think sometimes when it comes to the worship of giving um people get super calculated about that and i want to ask a question that i think is worthwhile to consider when was the last time that you did something for jesus that wasn't calculated in other words, you just did it because you love Jesus. It may not have fit the budget. It may not have fit your time schedule. It may not have fit convenience for you. But something just born out of a sense of, I love Jesus. Born out of a sense of obedience. Born out of this idea, I just think Jesus wants me to do this. I think sometimes when, when, we, when we enter into those sort of um, situations, it, if, you, if, you, if, if you step back from it too long and you think about it too long, you're not really going to step into what, what could be happening. Uh, this past couple weeks ago, um, I saw a person that I've known for a long time uh, on Facebook and kind of talking about some of the issues that their family is going through. My heart was just you know, went out to them, and, and I just had something in, in my heart. I felt like I wanted to give something to this family, and it was a pretty sizable amount for somebody that's not really in my world at all anymore, and I went and told Suzette, I said, hey, this is going on with them. What do you think? And we both kind of arrived at the, we had the same figure in mind. Well, I made the mistake of not sending it out right away. And so what happened was the more I sat on it, the harder it became to send. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and it's like when, when I, and finally I just came to a point where I said, I'm not giving this to them. I'm, I'm giving this because Jesus wants me to. 
I'm, amen. I'm doing this because, and I, I, I believe that it, it makes a difference. I think, I think some people want to turn uh, worship into a doctrinal thing. I remember a church that I was leading worship at years and years ago, and people got upset because, because people were, were kind of moving around and dancing before the Lord uh, in, in that church service, and they were trying to make this doctrinal point that, that David, King David, only danced outside, not in the church. And I'm going, you're just missing the point entirely. You're trying to make this a, a doctrinal thing when it's just, it's an expression of worship. If you want to move around, move around. If you don't want to move around, you don't have to. But it's not a doctrinal thing. It's an expression of heart. And when I, when I look at Mary, I realize this. Mary, Mary gave beyond what was just necessary. It, she, she looked beyond just the minimums. She went beyond just necessary. And I think whenever we're thinking minimums, like, you know, what's the minimum amount? Uh, what's, the, what's the minimum outpouring of love I could give? Well, I don't think we're really thinking love. Because, hey, listen, husband, if you're just thinking, what's the minimum Come on, man, this would be your chance to earn a point or two. Like, what's the minimum I can do and her not be mad at me? <laughs> what's, what's the least I could do? What's the cheapest I could get by? Can I just tell you, that is not love talking. That, that is... And I think when somebody is looking at their relationship with God and they're saying, what's the, what's the minimum? What's the, what's the minimum amount of prayer time or in my word or serving or giving? Love is not looking for limits. Love is looking for outlets. Looking to see what I can get away with and still keep the relationship going is never the pathway to a great relationship. And come on, when your heart is in love, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give in a way that may not seem to, to really matter or to fit into a, a budget. I, I'll, I, I bought my kids things. <laughs> they didn't need it. But they wanted it, and I love them, so I bought it for them. When my little grandson calls me on the phone the other day, Papa, will you buy me some? And it's like, I just melt when I hear that little voice. Matter of fact, if you ever wanted anything from me, get him to ask, and you could get it. <laughs> but I'm not like, hey, wait a minute, I, you don't deserve that. The house was filled with the fragrance of an act of worship. I think there's a fragrance around a life that is just completely devoted to the Lord. And then verse 7, it's an interesting idea to me 
Uh, Jesus therefore said, John 12, 7, uh, let her alone in order that she may keep it for the day of my burial. In other words, they're saying, they're telling, this, they're telling Mary, why are you doing this? And Jesus said, leave her alone so she could keep it. What, keep, she gave it. What do you mean keep it? She gave it. I think Jesus was talking about this idea that she could keep the experience. She could keep the experience of extravagant devotion. It keep the experience of giving. Can I say, what we're holding on to doesn't necessarily mean we're getting to keep. Maybe what we're willing to let go of in an act of worship to the Lord, that might actually be the thing. That encounter with God might actually be the thing, the change in our heart that says, I'm going to pour something out on the feet of Jesus. That might be the thing we get to keep. It's not the practical, it's not the productive that impressed Jesus. So I want to show you another passage in Scripture where you kind of get this idea again, but uh, it is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to this church that he founded in Philippi. And Philippians 4, verse 15 says, uh, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. Giving and receiving. That's a good relationship. If, if, if the relationships you're in are all about giving, that's not a healthy relationship. If the relationships you're in are all about receiving, that's not a healthy relationship either. It says, there's, there's no other church that shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once from my knees. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I'm actually seeking for the profit which increases to your account. I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma. You see it? This, the offering that he sent was a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Man, the fragrance of a generous life. The fragrance of a giving life. Generosity has a fragrance. Stinginess has an odor. A river that's flowing smells clean. A pool that's stopped up and not moving can tend to have a stench. And these Philippians had this generous attitude towards Paul and his ministry. And the Bible uses these words that this was a fragrant aroma this was an acceptable sacrifice. This was well-pleasing to God. In other words, 
the, the Philippians giving of their financial resources to Paul's ministry smelled good to God. A giving life, a, a generous life, uh, it's, it's, it's really one of the values of our church. Uh, it's, and, and the thing is, I think if you are resistant to generosity, you're probably going to not want to be around here for very long. Because I do believe generosity is a beautiful thing. And it takes, a, it takes an awakening. It takes, a, it takes an aha moment, I think, to, to recognize God can flow incredible things through me, but I have to let it go in order for it to get to me again and again and again. A giving life, a generous generosity shows up in a lot of ways. It shows up in the way we give our time. It shows up in the way we utilize our talents. It shows up in the way that our treasure goes out. And I don't, I don't have to rehearse this at any big detail, but I think we all are aware that Jesus taught us where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So in other words, it's easy to see where your time goes, that's what you love. And, and where your talents go, that's what you love. And where your treasure goes, that's what you love. And you can always tell what somebody loves by what they spend money on or what they spend time on, right? I've, I've, I haven't spent a dollar on NASCAR. You can do that if you want to. I don't understand it, but you can do it. I, I, haven't spend, I don't spend any money on motorcycles. I don't spend any money on parasailing. I don't spend any money on sewing. S-E-W, sewing. But I have spent some money on golf clubs. And if you want to know where somebody's heart really is, you just got to look at their calendar and their, I used to say checkbook, but who uses checks anymore? Where their resources go. So if you love your family, of course resources are going to go to your family. That's a good thing. If, if you're really in, if you love your car, some of us actually hate our car because so much of our resource goes to our car. But you love your house, you love your recreation, that's all good. I just want to say, if, if there's not a chunk of our time and our financial resource that doesn't go to the house of God, don't shout me down, and the cause of Christ, I would venture to say our heart could use a shift. There, there's this worship dimension about giving. Verse 18 of Philippians 4 says, I've received everything in full. I have an abundance. I'm amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent. It's a fragrant aroma. It's an acceptable sacrifice. It's well-pleasing to God. 
When we are giving of our financial resources, we are giving our heart. I'm going to try this side of the room. When we are giving our financial resources, we are giving our heart. And I know some people get squeamish about this whole concept, this, this whole subject. I literally have no hesitation in talking about this because I actually believe this is one of the greatest ways to worship God. Mary's worship had this dimension of resource. It was an entire year. I'm not saying that you should give an entire year's worth of wages, although we have had somebody in our church do that. But it was a chunk. It wasn't just a, a little scribbly. We, we, had our, we let our kids bring these little piggy banks, and we're going to have them do it again for second service because we're trying to teach our kids, hey, listen, you're part of this too. This is your house. You get to invest in the future. Well, to them, that's something. To you and me, a year's wage. Think about it. At least for Mary, a year's wage is certainly, it's my security. It's, it's what I've got set aside. It's my identity. It's, it's what I put together. And I believe that Mary pouring this out on, on Jesus' feet is, is she's giving a lot more than just perfume. There's, there's something way beyond that that is pouring out of her heart. Amen. Philippians 4, verse 15 and 17 says, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift itself, but I, but I really seek for the profit which increases to your account. This word that's translated profit is an interesting uh, Greek word, karpos, uh, which literally is the word that's most often translated harvest. He's saying, here's what I'm after. You guys supporting the ministry that God's entrusted to me. I'm after the harvest for your account. You, you, you're giving, and can I just say, there are some people that go, uh, you know, I don't expect anything back when I give. Well, hello, sowing and reaping is the Bible's idea. We didn't make that idea. God gave us that idea. Give and it shall be given to you, good measure pressed down. I can't go through all the verses, but you know. So what Paul is saying, you gave in faith expecting a harvest, and I'm receiving in faith expecting a harvest because you have an account. You have an account. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius has been repeatedly praying continually and giving continually. In Acts chapter 10, an angel shows up and says, Cornelius, your prayers and your giving have ascended as a memorial before God. And it literally caused God to move in his behalf. I just believe that when we are sowing into the advancement 
of the kingdom of God on the earth, that God is saying, I'm going to bring harvest into that life. Last thing I want to talk about today, and then we're going to have our kids come in, then we're going to pray, and we're all going to have a chance to be involved. Philippians 4, verse 16 says, Even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. I mean, you know, giving is a flow that never stops. <laughs> I, know, I know sometimes you can go, Pastor, could you give it a break? Like, do we have to keep doing this? Well, hello. There are still people that need to be reached. There's still movement that needs to happen. G giving is a thing that never stops. We're going to have to give again. We're going we're gonna to do this again next year. We're going to do this again the year after that. We're just going to keep doing it. Because it would be so crazy to say, we got to keep doing this. That'd be like, that'd be like saying, look, we are, are prayed once. No, you got to step up and pray again. I fasted once. You got to step up and fast again. Uh, our giving today is an act of worship that we are pouring out on the feet of Jesus. So one of the things that we have um, endeavored to do with this is to invite our, our children and our teenagers into this because we wanted them to know that it's not just us doing this for you, it's all of us together creating the future. And yeah, and this is your house too. <laughs> Even though, even though you're little, this is your house too. So uh, we got our kids are all going to come in right now. And I want you to give them a hand as they come and bring their offering this morning. Come on, don't quit now. That's, that's our little guys.
There are times that I think, I wish I would have grown up in a church like this. And uh, these kids are, they are the future, but they are the now. And we're instilling values in them by helping them participate in, in this opportunity today. Would you do me a favor? Would you stretch your hand out this way to pray towards these children? I want to pray over them. I want to pray over our teenagers. I want to pray over uh, the next generation. Father, we thank you that you've entrusted into our loving care this generation, Father, that your hand is upon and we know the enemy would love to steal their hearts away from you, but we're praying over them right now that they, their heart will be captured for the kingdom of God and that you will help us to reach more teenagers, more children than we've ever reached before. We stretch our heart, we stretch our hand out to the next generation and we believe, God, that you are going to do a great thing in them, for them, through them, in Jesus' name Somebody say, Amen. Beautiful. Amen. All right, we're going to let our kids go right now, and they're going to head on down this hallway. Takes them a few minutes. We're not in any hurry. Um, just little guys. Y'all can head out. Hey, ma'am. Good to see you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> it's always funny to me to watch the different little personalities. Like some kids come and they start straightening up all the little things, and then other kids are just everywhere. Beautiful. We love you guys. All right, church. Uh, it's a good thing for our kids to give, but come on, we're adults. We can do something great for the glory of God. So uh, our offering containers, so you can bring your, uh, your, your commit for the year, your monthly commit. You can bring your tithes. You can bring your, your best offering right now. We're going to do it in a moment of worship. So I want everybody to stand together. Our team's going to lead us out in a song of worship. You can come and drop off your offering in these containers up front. Thanks. We're going to pray together. Would you join your hearts with me? You might want to close your eyes and just open up your heart for a minute. Father, as we bring these offerings before you, we want to say thank you that you have touched our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to make a way for someone else to be touched by you. We take this and um, we lift it up to you. We pray that this will be as fragrant an aroma as Mary's offering poured out on the feet of Jesus, that it will arise in the heavens. Father, I pray that the seed that's sown here, God will pile up in the account of every person who has given and that you will bring harvest into their life we trust that you will help us to use this, God, to glorify your great and mighty name. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Hey, I just want to take just a minute. Would you, would you just get in a prayer posture for just a moment? Bow your head. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. 
just for this last moments that we have together here. Maybe you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you could look back on a day when you know that you were close to God, but you're not there now. And it's time for you to come home to your heavenly Father, to return with pure love and just surrender to Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you feel unsure, you don't feel confident about where you stand with God. I just want to pray with you. I don't want anybody to leave this room without a sense that my life is in the hands of an incredible God. You've never surrendered to Jesus. You've fallen away. It's time to come back. You feel unsure. You say, Pastor, would you pray with me? That's me. I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room. Just lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Just lift it up high. Thank you. Right where you are. Just honest. This isn't a call even to get your act together. This is a call to surrender to the love of God. Surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Anybody else that would say, yes, include me in this prayer. Include me. I, I want to surrender to Christ. God bless you. Thank you all over the room. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. It's for everybody that lifted their hand. But I'd love for us all to pray together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.